Hello, all, and welcome to this podcast presented from the Trauma Center Association of America, also known as TCAA. The Trauma Center Association of America serves to support, elevate, and advocate for trauma care, trauma centers, and trauma systems. TCAA's Injury Prevention Committee's mission is to eliminate preventable injury by implementing programs to meet the trends and needs of TCAA community members. I'm Lori Gamino and serve as a chair of TCAA's Injury Prevention Committee. I am the injury preventionist from the University of Oklahoma Level 1 Adult and Level 1 Pediatric Trauma Centers. Today we will hear from an outstanding injury prevention or IP professional from the Central United States. COVID-19 has affected us all in our work. Our IP programs are usually presented face-to-face, in a community setting, at health fairs, one-on-one with car seat installations, and so on. We've now been challenged as we continue this life-saving work using different platforms and really thinking outside of the box. Our guest will be sharing how she has pivoted their IP programs to creatively continue to deliver their messages during these challenges. Susan, would you please introduce yourself? Hey, it's good to be with you. I'm Susan Helms, and I work at Lebonner Children's Hospital in Memphis. I've actually been a part of Lebonner for 40 years, first as director of the intensive care unit, and most recently as director of injury prevention and safe kids. We are a 255-bed pediatric hospital uh, with a level one trauma center. We're magnet designated, and we've been recognized by the U.S. News and World Reports as a best children's hospital for the last 10 years. Wonderful. That is why you're the expert that we're going to for the pediatric information. (laughs) One of the things that you had talked about is that you had presented a, a a community baby shower virtually, and community baby showers are part and parcel to injury prevention programs, and I was just wondering if you could share how you pivoted this to a virtual platform. Well, we have been providing baby safety showers over the years for many groups, including one with our Nurse Family Partnership, and so this one was a Zoom baby safety shower with invitations ahead of time, and everybody participated along with their significant others and their designated nurse, Um, and so we tried to do everything that we would have done in person, but provided a few things ahead of time, uh, such as our safety bingo game and a few other items uh, that they would need during the Zoom process. So um, we started out um, with a unique way of doing our housekeeping issues, including um, demonstration of proper face mask application and removal, demonstration of proper social distancing, and then shared the theme of the baby safety shower. And that was one of the items they already had. It was a little word uh, unscrambler. And so the first one to unscramble the words received a prize. Um, that It was safe babies at home at play and on the way. So they would re- 
receive a, um, a gift that their nurse would bring to them socially distanced after the shower itself. And then we had a little game that uh, started with, can you remember? And I showed um, a tray with many, many items on it. And after a few seconds of looking at it, I removed it and then the uh, participants would write down what they saw. And then I reviewed everything with them. Some things were um, uh, traditional baby items, maybe a diaper, um, maybe a, a handy wipe. And some things were things like a rubber balloon or peanuts, et cetera, so that there was also an opportunity to share with them uh, what would be safe and what would not be safe around their baby. And then, you know, we talked about the ABCs of sleep, but before we did that, I had everybody take a little break and find something in their house. One thing that began with the letter A, one thing that began with the letter B, and one thing that began with the letter C. And it was really kind of fun to have everybody participate and see what they brought back to the table, if you will. There were a lot of apples and bananas, but what I was really talking about were the ABCs of sleep. And so we reviewed that. Um, it was nice to be using the a platform that we could show and tell. Um, and so I had a crib there and we talked about um, the fitted crib mattress and the baby being alone on her back um, and temperature of the room. Um, and then when we uh, talked about um, transportation. I had uh, the demonstrator for the child passenger safety, child safety seat, and could show them how to actually put the infant in the car seat and how to install it safely. And this was replicated by the nurse that um, socially distanced when they brought the items to them after the shower. Um, so um, I don't know, it seemed a little bit awkward at first because you couldn't really um, have exact person to person, but you know, Zoom meeting made it a little bit closer in person. Um, and I think everybody really appreciated that. And it was really helpful that the nurses could provide our safety items to our, the clients after the shower. The one thing that I wish we had been able to do, which we would do in a regular baby safety shower was a pre and post test. And so we're working on that kind of opportunity for the future showers that we have. Oh my goodness. That is, that is a virtual baby shower from A to Z, Susan. <laughs> that is, I think you kicked it off great with the COVID information and um, the masking and social distancing, but um, the, the bingo game and also the ABCs, you know, looking yeah. for that in your home to really embed that in people's minds, you know, that the ABCs is safe sleep. The, um, so was this group a group of um, clients from your nurse visitation program? Yes, um, they were um, mothers-to-be in their third trimester, and they were being okay. followed with the Nurse Family Partnership to have a healthy baby, uh -huh. of course, um, and then they're being followed for a year after that the baby is, is has been born, and so they can um, help us uh, with the reminders of all the safety things that they need to continue on as the baby grows, which has been a wonderful opportunity um, for follow-up. Right, and I know all those um, family nurse partner visitation programs have had incredible outcomes. Absolutely. How many participants did you have? This first one, we had 15 um, mothers-to-be and 15 of their significant others. And that seems to be like a really good number for a Zoom presentation. So that's what we're going to try the next time. I really, I really like that. And I know there, I'm sure there was a lot of sharing and it always helps to have, you know, others there that are in the same boat as you. And then you can you know, just, just by being together, there's just a, a sense of community and, 
and I really like that. I, I, I can just imagine it all as you described it. It sounds wonderful. Well, you know, really, we had a lot of fun and it was informative. And I think that um, the response that we got from uh, the families and the nurse participants were all um, very favorable. And that's why they want to have another. Would you be able to send the pretest out with the bingo cards? That's what we're thinking about doing. Um, or there's other platforms on, on Zoom, I guess, that we could try to use. Um, but maybe we should do a, like a pretest ahead of time. That might be a, the way to do that. Okay. Well, that just really sounds like you have it all going on there. And um, another thing that you had talked about that I was intrigued with was sharing safety messages with community schools there in Memphis and that you made videos that then you shared with them. Did, had the schools requested this or did you offer it? Or I just wonder how these came about. Well, our schools um, have been a combination of at home or in school or a hybrid. But for those that were um, hybrid or at home, the lessons were something like 45 minutes and then there would be a 15 minute break. So our schools ask for things to provide during that 15 minutes. And so there were a lot of things that were provided by a lot of partners across, across our city, but I thought it would be a great idea to have a really fun capturing uh, safety message. And so we have these books from uh, Safe Kids Worldwide. They're Clifford books, Clifford and the Railroad Crossing, Clifford Takes a Swim, Clifford Takes a Walk. And we actually had our own book, Radica Takes a Ride, and I'll tell you more about that. But with our wonderful communications team at our hospital, we hired a videographer. And so I read these stories and the videographer put them to music and had um, some sound effects and they were really, really specially done. <laughs> wonderful. Clifford yeah. is beloved by everyone. Everybody. I know. The book I know. I as soon as I have those out, anywhere in public. I mean, just, it's just a magnet for children. And I just Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. I think adults like them too. And the book yeah, I want to I tell you about, Radica Takes a Ride. During our uh, last couple of years, we had an intern with our Safe Kids program. Her name was Radica and she had experienced a horrible uh, bike um, incident where, with a traumatic head injury. She had not been wearing her helmet like she almost always did. She spent a long time um, in a coma, medically induced and not medically induced, um, and did miraculously recover, but she experienced having to relearn everything again. She had had a trach and the whole nine yards. And so she came and worked with us to tell the children her story and the importance of wearing a helmet. And it was always very well received when we had a bike rodeo or some kind of hands-on presentation about how to properly wear a helmet. Well, when she was getting ready to finish her internship, I thought we've got to continue her story. So I applied for and got a grant from our, a local grant, um, uh, the Assisi Foundation of Memphis. And we work with um, the uh, group of students at the uh, Memphis Academy of Art who illustrated her story and it's a color activity book. And now we can share that with our community and continue her story. How wonderful to have um, a local connection to prevention. And I've seen the book. It is just, it's really extremely well done. I just, I just really admire the initiative that you all took and, and the grants and, and the partnerships with the art school. I just, that's really what we're all about because none of us can do it on our own. 
I was wondering also um, the another thing that you all were do, offering virtually was child passenger safety. And I was wondering what platform you use for this. I know Help Lightning is one that uh, some people are using, and I didn't know if you were just using Zoom or FaceTime or how that was being held. Well, we've used a couple of things, but primarily I think FaceTime in terms of, I'm a child passenger safety um, technician instructor. So for the ones who needed to be checked off uh, for their child safety seats, we FaceTime with them one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and uh, actually, you know, in in person-to-person, uh, -person, it doesn't quite take as long as it does via FaceTime, but it was very helpful to walk through the process and spend the extra moments. And I think there was a lot of learning going on at that time. As far as our community child safety seat checks, we've not been doing those. Um, we do have a fitting station where we do one-on-ones. And so those have been also um, first by telephone. Um, and when we get the information that we need, the demographics, the information about the child, the information about the child's safety seats, if they have one, um, the registration number and all of the things that you would um, use as preliminary information, including about their car. And then if they did have a child safety seat, we asked them to watch the manufacturer's video on installation and then call us back. And then we had questions and answers. And then we FaceTime with them as they um, put their child safety seat in their vehicle and did a Q&A at that time. And then also sent them to their home uh, an educational packet of information that we would have been given them if it was one-on-one -on -one in person. Okay. Is, um, is there a recommendation to follow up then with an in-person check of the installation by a child passenger safety tech at a later date? We did not do that, but we did leave it open that if they wanted uh, to make an additional call at the time when maybe COVID was not a problem with us, that they would certainly be able to call and we can make a personal appointment. Okay. And so um, how many people did you have that requested this? Well, since the beginning of the, this COVID-19 time, um, I'm trying to estimate um, several a week have been uh, calls. Uh, sometimes it's just a call for basic information. Sometimes it's for the whole nine yards, if you will. Um, so we've been very active with that. I do think our general population, however, would really like the in-person. So I'm sure we're all waiting for that. We did have an opportunity to work with, um, uh, it would be like a baby expo that we have every year, but we did not have an in-person one. Um, it was called the Baby Palooza. And so we had um, platform time on there. Um, uh, I, I don't remember what kind of platform they used anyway, whether it was Zoom or whatever, but um, they invited people to participate. And so I gave a half an hour demo with our simulator. Um, to talk about all of the child safety seats from rear facing through booster. And then there was questions and answers at that time. But you bring up a good point because one of the questions was, when will we be having in-person checks again? So I think we're all waiting for that time. Uh -huh. I love that, you, that your baby expo went online because um, we have one here as well, but it was entirely canceled. So yeah. And that was right, that was in April, right after everything kind of fell apart. So there wasn't really any, um, it, it hadn't, you know, virtual presence yet that anybody, right. and, and, and no one knew how long anything was going to last and figured it would just 
be rescheduled quickly. So I think that's why it was just canceled. But I love hearing that yours went so quickly to a virtual platform and that you were able to offer that. And how did, and people just logged on. Do you know how many people mm -hmm. attended that? I'm not remembering that, but the one thing I wanted to mention was that this and others are recorded and so that if someone is not able to be there at that moment, um, it's available to watch at their leisure later. And I think that possibly is one good thing about the COVID-19 with the Zooms is that we might be able to reach um, people and families that would otherwise not be able to come to an event. And so... I think that after COVID, which I hope is soon, like everyone else, I think we should try to keep some of these uh, platforms available in addition to our in-person platforms, because I think that um, it's kind of the boast of best of both worlds, if you will. I, I agree. I think there's many lessons learned from um, the virtual education and, and everything else. And I think I know a lot of it will be adapted. So, um, that just sounds like you have a really exciting program at your hospital. And um, is there anything else that you wanted to share? Or? Well, you know, something that we did recently, which was really a lot of fun, we're um, partners a lot of the time with our Fire Museum of Memphis. And so we recently, during October, which is Fire Safety Month, which every month should be every injury prevention month. But anyway, we met at the Fire Museum. Um, so that was a beautiful backdrop, if you will. And our the mm -hmm. executive director talked about the Fire Museum, what it has available, interactive displays, also talking about education and fire safety, as well as the rich history of the fire department in Memphis. And then I came on board and talked um, and did hands-on show and tell about many safety items uh, that you would need around the home, including smoke alarms, fire escape plans, and the like. And then we had a special um, demonstration by Patricia with her three Dalmatians. And they talked and showed us what happens when the siren goes off and talked about how important it is to call 911 when it's, when it's the right thing to call. And then one dog showed us how to get low and go. And one Dalmatian showed us how to stop, drop, and roll. And so um, that was a tremendous opportunity to share with the general public. <laughs> we really had a lot of fun. I love that. I can just picture that too. Um, and who was this offered to? Was this like your Safe Kids Coalition meeting or how was it this? It was offered to anybody and everybody. It was recorded. So we, of course, have it um, on our hospital um, website and the Fire Museum website and several other groups uh, that were invited at that time. Um, uh, CCRNR was working with um, all kinds of low-income families that need information and education. And so it's going to be very much more widespread soon. Absolutely. Do you have any challenges with when we talk about the um, low-income population with people having Wi-Fi and being able to access these? That has been some of an issue sometimes, but most often there's a way to reach them by some kind of platform. And that's why it's mm -hmm. been helpful with our visitation groups that they can actually help the families do that. Um, and our Shelby County schools are providing hot spots for education. So that has been a little bit of a help as well. Okay, great, great. That's, everything is workable. Everything is workable. Sometimes there's a lot of challenges, but that is whether we have COVID-19 or not, don't you think? Yes, <laughs> I do. I do believe that. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Susan. I've loved hearing about all this and 
I know that um, this will be helpful to so many people. It's, it's just been really nice to, to visit with you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. It's been my pleasure. Thank you.